Welcome, citizens. I'm Allie Grauer. And I'm Drew Merzieski. And, and this, this is Warda. citizens. Welcome back to Warda. Before we do anything else, we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the love, support, and patience that we've been shown while we took a break from the podcast to figure out what we want to do next with it. I can tell you that we have some wonderful, exciting story plans already underway, and that we're really looking forward to sharing more stories in the city of Amongrad with all of you. Without all of our Patreon patrons, none of this would be possible. So thank you to everyone who has helped us through the hiatus and into this new chapter. If you'd like to join the Patreon for early episode access, behind-the-scenes discussions, and creative voting powers, you can do so at patreon.com slash whimsyartifice. Okay, now, with that out of the way, welcome to a new story and a new format to our storytelling here in Warda. This story that follows is called The Ballad of the Open Pages, and it was a game that was most unusual for several reasons. First, we recorded this while at Gen Con in 2018. This means we had some spectacular performers, but some less than ideal recording situations. Did you know that hotel air conditioning is really, really loud? Even if you turn it off, it's somehow still loud because you can hear it from the other rooms. We did the best we could. Second, we were utilizing some original mechanics that Drew and I were experimenting with at the time, which involves a pool of d20s. Ultimately, we decided that the mechanics were not quite what we wanted to work with, and it felt like kind of an unwieldy rewrite of fate dice mechanics, so we just scrapped it. If it confuses you in the episodes, just pretend that we're still rolling fate dice. And third, the story. We had an idea in mind for a simple, one-shot, glimpse-style story in a potentially comedic situation that was fairly easy to imagine. And what happened instead surprised us all. We hope you'll enjoy it, with all its twists and turns. We look backward in time, back several decades to just after the turn of the century. We return to the great city of Amongrad, descending among the rooftops and past the buzzing of pixie wings to study an unusual group of fae, and one human, who happened to be in a band. An unusual but up-and-coming indie band called The Open Pages, who have been on hiatus until today, when their manager has summoned them all to his office for an important update. The year is 4801, and the glimpse is the Ballad of the Open Pages. Chapter 1 
So, you guys have been around the city six to eight years, and you've made a name for yourself. Um, I would like everybody to roll me a d6 very quickly. Is it 13 total? 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 3. I have 3. 12, 12, 13, 14. What did you get again, Frank? 4. 13, 14, 15, 15, 17. Cool. You're relatively famous. Um, <clears throat> you're not like playing the concert halls in the posh way. Yet. But One day. you are playing um, big places and big numbers in various different places. Like, an, like an indie band. You're like an indie band. You're an indie band. You have a small following. You're a dedicated mm -hmm. following. It's getting bigger with every season. Uh, like I said, it is summer here in the city. So the temperatures are warm. Uh, the sun is bright. And we uh, open up on a small brickstone building uh, in the in Terraston, I think. What's going on is this is the building where your agent and manager, um, Holland Fildner, is. And all of you have been summoned. You guys are, are supposed to be on a break. Mm -hmm. You guys, your recent tour has ended, and you guys were given three spans to go and do whatever you wanted. And, uh, but you were out less than a span when the notes and pixies arrived that you needed to return to meet with Holland as quickly as possible. And so all of you have arrived at this building. The sun is just now beginning to set. The lamps are just beginning to lit. Um, and you were all sitting in uh, Filsner's office waiting for him. And what was Filsner again? A brownie. Filsner is a brownie. He's a brownie uh, with weasel ferret markings on him. What and is the difference between a weasel and a ferret? Not much. I think it's the color. I you mean, see? they come in slightly different colors and their noses are a little bit different. Yeah, but does that really change much? Did we Did we even ask him what um, What kind um, of brownie he is? I Seems like a personal so question, but I would love can't get all hot and bothered when we talk about Is He's a brownie. They're not very tall. Is his office brownie-sized? No. Oh. His office is... Good question. Important yeah. question. ...sized for larger, larger folk. Okay. okay. However, um, his chair is sized for him, obviously. And there are spots around the office that are sized for him. But the desk is a very large desk. <laughs> and we can all sit in the chairs. We don't have to sit on the floor. Nobody has to sit on the floor. So it's a, it's a Mr. Big situation from Zootopia, kind of? A little bit, Aww. yeah. Is what's going on there. So you all are sitting around. What I'd like to do is I'd like everyone to go around, um, say who your character is, describe your character, and tell you them what you do in the band. Let's start with you, Alexis. Right. Um, my character's name is Emily Smith. She is a human. Uh, she's kind of petite, kind of roundish featured, uh, a little ungainly when she walks, um, very ungainly when she performs. She's just sort of kind of jerky movements and such, but she has uh, light brown hair, blue eyes, and a wide, gawky smile. And what does she do for Oh, yes. Uh, she is the band's piano player. Very nice. JR. Uh, I'll be playing Petrofear Dwood. Uh, Petrofear, uh, or Pete, is uh, Sylvan, and he is mostly made of rock and 
unrefined jade refinements along his, uh, his stone pockets, kind of all over. His hands are, are mostly um, the unrefined jade, and uh, the top, his chest and his head are still uh, are basically bamboo. He uh, is wearing a high-waisted coat and high collar, and he plays the percussion for the band. Nice. How about you, Frank? Um, I am playing Melodious Lamar um, with two R's. Uh, he is an Ifriti. Uh, he is six foot seven with ash colored skin, short black horns that are just a little bit too sharp, and white teeth that are just a little bit too pointy. Uh, his eyes are the color of coal but glow a dark red when inspired or playing music. Um, and his reddish black hair is always uh, quaffed and always well coiffed, and he doesn't wear a hat. <gasps> um, he is handsome by most of 3D standards, but uh, somewhat unnervingly so. Very nice. How about you, Allie? Uh, Ravani is a full Jean Johnny. Uh, she has pale, light blue, periwinkle-ish skin uh, that is stronger and then also paler in different places. Um, so she's not quite marbled, but it is faded in different places. Um, her hair is um, different shades of pale pink, pale blue, pale lavender, all kind of mixed together. Um, she is fairly young for a full Jean Johnny. She's only about 91, uh, which puts her uh, at a human equivalent of like 18, 19 years old. Uh, four years ago she joined the band and uh, did so because she ran away from boarding school. What does she do for the band? She's the vocalist. The band didn't have a vocalist prior to this, and it was a point of contention for some of the bandmates. And uh, Ravani crossed their path and became the vocalist. Melodious, did, I, did you say what you did for the band? I did not. Um, Melodious is an Afridi glassist, which means he takes uh, sand or bits of dirt and uh, heats them up with his fire magic to mo uh, melt them into glass. Um, and then uses that molten glass to uh, make different sounds, such as crashes and um, vibrations and, so, uh, and stuff like that. So alternative sounds. Very cool. And there, in the other side, where all of you are sitting, in the corner, there sits a half-gene Silvani um, that is cactus-based. He's got light yellowish uh, skin with a bit of brown off to the side. Off to the side. Uh, you can tell that his human counterpart was tannish his human side. Um, he has, uh, but the green is showing at his extremities, at the hairline, at the fingertips, uh, and such. Along his forearms are these cactus-like ridges that go around his forearms, um, and there are bits of cactus spines that come off of that. Um, but mostly he looks particularly human. His ears are slightly pointed. His hair is kind of a light green, um, and with uh, small orangish blossoms in it, uh, and he has also has those ridges around his eyebrows. Uh, across his face is a uh, a beard of prickly cactus spines that go, and also his eyebrows are uh, well are that. Um, he has a hooded expression, constant scowl on his face. He's got this live build. He's sitting in the corner playing this uh, battered old strum three string strum stick while the, everyone sits and talks. This is Kem, um, Kem Briscoll, who is your, your strings player for the band. And as you all are sitting there, talking, 
back and forth about what's going on. Uh, the door, there's a sound of the door. And everybody turns and looks at the door. Um, and where the camera zooms in on where the doorknob is, and we all wait for it to open, and then a smaller door opens at the bottom of the door. <laughs> and in walks um, Holland. Holland is only about two feet tall. He has uh, white hair, and he's got narrow features like a ferret. He's got beady little eyes, and he's got uh, immaculately coiffed whiskers, um, and a little bow tie with glasses on. And uh, he comes in with a very nice looking suit, and the moment everyone he steps in, everyone goes very quiet, and we watch as we see his head bob above everyone as he walks across to his desk. His desk is like twice his size. Um, so where he's about two feet tall, the desk is about four feet tall. And we see him walk behind the desk, and then we hear the as he steps up steps. Then eventually we see his head rise above the desk, and he sits and at this very large wooden desk in front of us. Do we all fall silent as he does this? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Nobody speaks a word. The strumming stops, the talking stops. And he stands at the top, uh, looking at all of you. I do believe that you had a, a lovely vacation. Is that correct? Rather brief, as it were. Yes, it was rather brief, Pete. But was it enjoyable all the less? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I think it was all right. Excellent. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. I uh, apologize for bringing you out of your uh, vacation rather early, but um, something's come up. I uh, hope that you'll be amenable to taking on a slight gig. A slight a gig? Slight What's gig? a slight gig? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a gig. It's that... either a gig or it's not. Are you going to interrupt me again? No. That's very funny. So, the gig is a slight gig in the sense that you'll be doing one day and then you're back on vacation. Oh, that's not so bad. Very small, very light, slight gig. All right? Slight gig. So you'll be going to a place, you'll be playing some music, and then you'll be done. I would like everyone, I cannot keep you, I cannot acquiesce you to do this, since you are not under contract at the moment, but I would like to put you under contract for this gig, if that is possible. Uh, one, one quick question. Is this the sort of place that Melodius is really going to get a kick out of, or is it a normal venue? How do you mean? Um, well, you remember when Melodius brought you all those suggestions, and most of them were like bars in seedy neighborhoods and that one opium den, and we made some money, but there was also like riots and that one warden raid? I don't you don't, I don't remember this. Is uh that's because it was a separate contract that we weren't supposed to talk about. Oh Emily. Oh. But it's fine. No 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 no. He reaches over, pulls out a uh, pen and paper and scribbles something <laughs> and goes underlines it twice <laughs> and goes We'll talk about this later. Oh it's death. Now I would like if you would, please. Uh, sign here on the contract uh, for this slight gig. And what's the gig? Did I not say that? He puts his glasses down to look over at you, Pete. Say it was slight. That's it. That is. 
No, I'm terribly sorry. It was my mind. Yes, uh, he's a wedding. didn't say what it was. A wedding? A wedding. Really? Well, yes, of course. It is a wedding. It's out on the 10th floor. It's the day after tomorrow. You'll be going to the wedding. You'll be there at the wedding. You'll play music for the reception. Pete leans back, rolls his eyes, just kind of looks to the side. Oh, that sounds wonderful. It does. Good. I'm terribly glad. Uh, would you mind signing that? And he uh, has to get he has to get onto the desk to push it all the way onto the <laughs> other side to, to everyone. So he pushes it over to you. And uh, you can see that it has the names of the contract on it. It says, The Wedding of Del Monte. Uh, let me double check this to make sure that I have all <laughs> of the correct information here. Um, the Wedding of Del Monte Scrubridge Scrub to Sanford Plowbury. It's an oak passage, a little place called Evergreen Creek. Um, have I heard of these names in before? Have any of us heard of them? That this? is a great question. Uh, uh, Melodious, please roll for me a internal. Okay. Just one, one D20. D20. One D20. Plus your internal. I got an 18. 18. That's a success. So you succeed in knowing that you know who these people are. You know, from, from that success, uh, you have heard of these people. You've heard of the uh, scrub riches and the plowberries. And you know that they are relatively well-connected Silvani families. Um, one, is, one is connected to the Commerce Guild. And one is connected to the Arcanica Guild. Um, but you're not sure which is which. You know that they're, they're connected in some way, but you're not sure which is which. Um, but they have money, and it's obviously going to be an interesting wedding. I think I'd say something along the lines of it looks like a business wedding. Business wedding? The wedding is wedding. Alright? We don't need to know who's being married and what's going on. Or how it goes, all you need to do is go and make sure that you play correctly, play the music, and he like takes out a folder and puts it down and goes, they would like these songs played. Wait, these are those specific songs, can't we play something that we've written? These specific songs played. Some of these aren't even in our rep. Then you will learn them, will you not? In a day and a half. Well, I mean, that's not that hard, but at least to fumble through them. Well, we can put those at the end of the set when everybody's drunk, but are there any songs that we wrote on this? I haven't checked it yet, but I'm, there might be. I'm not entirely sure. But what's, you'll be playing this at the reception. He pulls out another, another folder. This is what you'll be playing for the ceremony. Oh. These, these are, like, thick. Right. Oh, oh yes, yes, they're, they're very, very thick. You mean they want us there at, like, there's the ceremony part. Yes, yes, you're going to play before the ceremony, during the ceremony, and then after the ceremony. Mr. Uh, Fieldsner, are they paying us very much? I would, yeah, I would, can I lean over and check where the money is, what amount is on the contract? As you read and skim through the contract, you find at the bottom of it that it says, um, predetermined amount. Uh, that's not very... Doesn't sound... Clear, is it? That's not a number. Well... 
It might not be a number, but there is a number, and that's fine. And that number is... I don't think you, do you need to concern yourself with it. No, I think if we're being taken out of our vacation times. Like times that we use to, I don't know, finish our own projects, which I would like to get back to. I think I would like to know what I'm getting paid for this possible gig. Oh, what are you, what are you, who put you up to this? Let me put you up to anything. Look, look, it's just look. very unusual. It's you never, very it off never happens. His tiny fist hit the, hit the, <laughs> hit the oh. desk. Listen to me. Alright. You didn't want to go this way? This is where we have, we have arrived. We have no money. What? What? There is no money at all. After your last tour, <clears throat> we have spent everything that we have for rooms and damages to those rooms and for various expenses that have crept up over your tours. There is not enough money to pay you if we do not do this job. Well, that's all well and good, but that can't be right. We had money put away, didn't we? Um, you told us that there was money put away. That that we were saving, and I don't understand. We've been very, we've been very successful. How can there be no money? What? I have not lied to you. He has bent the truth. The money has been invested. It's been invested in, in you. In what? In you. What are we? A non-profit? Non-profits. I don't understand if we're what supposed I'm to pay saying back. Is, all of you have accrued your own tabs as you've gone through your tour. Listen, some of that every time you have all. you eat food, every time you go out to a, a show, every time you do something like that on my dime, you have spent the money. Do you understand? Good. I'm glad you understand because this this little job. If done correctly, and it must be done correctly, but they do not pay us, if they are unhappy in any way, shape, or form, none of us get paid. If we do not get paid for this job, there is no more bang. Do you understand? Good, good. I'm glad you do. So this is what's going to happen. As long as you go and do this very slight, easy job, we are paid enough that I can begin building that capital once again and have enough that by the end of your vacation, why do you think I put you on a vacation at all? Look, once we are done with that, he comes and you see him physically calm himself down. <laughs> There'll be enough money to put you on a new tour and we can begin to rebuild with some provisos and spending lists on what you can and cannot spend from your on out. So not only are you putting up us for this gig, you're also going to restrict us more in the future? Oh yes! From now on, there will be lists of what you can and can't buy because I got into this and I trusted you to make money, not to frivolously spend your life in the trip the light fantastic. Pete stands up, goes toward the window, just puts his hands on his hip, just lowers his head, just tapping his foot, just seething. Pete, Pete, please, please, can we just do this? I mean, it seems like a, a reasonable plan, and I'm not pointing fingers here or anything, but, I mean, you, I, it would be really helpful if maybe, yeah, you saw it as a way of, you know, making up for the 
the damages, which, I mean... You, you Listen, can't... those damages weren't all my fault. I know you can't... They started your... the fight. I just finished it. Kim, what do you think? Well, the truth is... I think we did spend a lot of money. But I'm not saying it's your fault, Pete. I'm not saying it's your fault. It's not. Purpose, though. It's not your fault. The bed, the bed wasn't your fault. It wasn't built for bigger Faye. And it's not my fault that I kept that entire hotel up playing music. Well, well this wasn't actually, bad music. Whoa, and it's it was not, good it, music. And it's not Ravani's fault that she spent all of her money on clothes. Ah. And it's not Emily's fault that she had to have a new piano after the other one busted because she played it too hard. It was worth it. It that, was an old piece. What I'm saying is that we're all to blame here. I'm not saying that this is something that's right, but this is our comeuppance. Interesting, I wasn't mentioning. Kem takes a deep breath <laughs> and lets it out. <laughs> Pointedly ignoring you, Melodius. <laughs> and goes, I'm in. And he steps up, takes the pen, and he signs his name. I'll play it too. I like weddings. Yeah. I'll go. It'll be fun. And Emily signs as well. Do you guys sign? Yeah. Ravani okay. signs. All right. Pete signs. Ravani signs and then offers Melodious, the pen to Melodia. And he immediately signs it. <laughs> and so as everyone signs, the camera turns back and everyone looks over at Pete. who's standing mm. by the window, foot still tapping. How tall are you, Pete? I am seven feet tall. Okay, so your your head is actually scraping the top <laughs> of, of this place. Pete, please. Pete. I think it has to be done, Pete. One more gig. And then, Holland, you and I are going to have a conversation. Oh, that's terribly fine. I cannot wait to have a conversation with you, Pete. It doesn't Delightful. sound like he wants a conversation with you. Hey, they cross that all on your own. Did you? No, they did. Good. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. So this is what's going to happen. Everything, Everything is signed, and he's gathering papers. Here are the songs. Good. Your train leaves in 45 minutes. Please. It what? We're going now? Yes, you're leaving now. It'll take you that long to get on the train. Are we, re are we supposed to rehearse on the train? Or yes. Are we oh. Rehearse on the train. Oh. Do what you can. Out of my office. Right. Good, good. Thank you, thank you. Go, go. Okay. And before you know it, you find yourselves standing in the lobby of this building. And you guys are packed already. You came back from your vacation. We did. Yeah. So you have all of your all of your belongings with you. Uh, and the question then becomes, you have 45 minutes to get to the train. The train station is not too far away. As we look, as we see the camera pan on everybody inside of the lobby, we can look outside of the door into the night and you can hear the whoo, whoo, of a distant train whistle. And the train is not too far away from you guys. So the question then becomes, what do you guys do for 45 minutes? Um, Melodius would take the music out and start going over it, scouring it with his pencil and making um, minor adjustments to help the song. Emily actually goes back to Holland's office and she uh, knocks and asks, Sorry, I, I didn't realize we were immediately departing. I, I came here on my wheeler. Can I leave it in your office? Um, my two-wheeler. My bi-wheeler. There's a... Uh, uh, the door opens. Not the big door, but the little door at the bottom. <laughs> and you see his little head pot poke out. And he goes, yes, that's fine. Just right. leave it with Harold. 
All right, I'll go leave it with Harold. So <laughs> Emily goes outside real, real quick, and then she comes back in, like, wheeling along this steampunky brass and nut bolt bicycle, uh, which is, is creaking as it rolls through the hallway uh, of the hotel, the, the office or wherever they are, the lobby, and everyone's, everyone can stare because it's making noise, and it's this weird human contraption. And she goes to wherever Harold is. I um, you you go to the bottom on the bottom floor. There's where um, Holland and his husband Harold live. Gotcha. Um, and you knock on the door, and the little door opens at the bottom, and out pops Harold. Harold is um, gerbil. He is gerbil based. Yes. Um, yes. He is, he is fat and happy. And he's got, like, big mutton chops. Nobody hates Harold. Nobody hates Harold. <laughs> um, Hi, Harold. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, Holland has sprung something on us, and I don't want to just leave uh, my wheeler chained to the horse post. So can you take my bar wheeler? Of course. I'll take care of it all the same. Thank Whatever you, you like. Thank you. And I, I try and maneuver it into cookie? the apartment so that... that <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, cookie. And I, I take one. Yes, cookie, good. <laughs> so if you just leave it there, I'll take care of it, okay? Thank you so much. And uh, as you as you turn and go away, he like comes out and hugs your leg. Um, oh, he And he goes, Emily, do good down. And like pats you on the thigh. I will, thank you. And make sure you give these cookies to your friends. I will. <laughs> Good, good. Don't mind, Holland. He's a little high strung, but that's okay. I know. Takes all kinds, my mom used to say. Mm. All right. We'll get out of here. I will. But by the time she gets back to the rest of them, a third of the cookies are gone. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Harold brought us cookies. Oh, Harold's the best. No, he's very good. I hand the plate to Ravani. Oh. But then, so I, good. but then I take it to him, like, Cam, do you want a cookie? No, I'm good. As you see, uh, as Melodius is finishing with songs and putting them aside, Cam is then taking the song and making more notations on it. <laughs> oh my god, so it's, it's just a just train like, of us a train making of notes. Making notes yeah. and changing the song to yes. make it better. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, actually, yeah, once, once Cam is done with it, then, like, Emily sits next to him and that she takes it from him when he's done and makes her own revisions. So it's just a train of... It's literally. a train of us going through the music. So uh, as the three of these guys are doing it, what are you doing, Pete? Pete, I, I, I see them making notes on the music. I could give two cares, two Cags. smishes, Cags. Cags. two smishes of like what that what is on that music and what it's going to sound like. Um, I just start kind of walking down the street and, and trying to clear my head. Cool, cool. What are you doing, Ravani? Um, she flips through the folder and looks at a couple of the songs, kind of nods her head back and forth. Nothing too out of her wheelhouse, uh, but definitely a couple things that she needs to look over. And she sees, um, I think she sees Pete walk, start to walk away. And uh, she gets up and she goes after him, um, just kind of trailing a little bit behind. Pete. Pete. What? Are you alright? Been better. Why are you so angry? We were just forced into a contract over reasons that we 
had no, <clears throat> we had no input, no opinion. It's just contract. And then after this, there'd be more and more restrictions. When, when's Holland going to give it up? When, when's Holland going to give us our freedom back? Are we just going to forever be under his thumb? Under his weaselly little thumb? I, I can't stand it. I know, but it's not our fault if he spent the money that we earned, right? Um, I just think that... I mean, I don't know if that's how, how managers are supposed to work in the music industry, but, I mean, I kind of agree that this is not fair, but I also think it's a chance for us to make good, you know? It's a, it's a chance for us to go and um, play this wedding and, and uh, make a good impression on the guilds that these families might be attached to and uh, maybe make some, some good come of it, don't you think? They are up there in the world, aren't they? I think so. I think that's what he said. But we don't know, you know, and it's like we could either go back to our rooms on our vacation and do nothing and be angry at Holland. And never work again. And never work again. Or we can go to this wedding, see the countryside, get some fresh air, you know, make some music, which is what we're good at and what we love to do. And then see what happens. Not for him. No, not for him. But for you. For us. For you. For all of us. For you. And I stare at you. I just look you straight in the eyes. Take a moment. And I walk back toward uh, Cameron. No. Cool. So we head back to the place. Leaving Ravani standing on the sidewalk. Um, with the last light of the day fading into the distance over the walls and the the almost firefly-esque lights of of the street lamps um, and little little glints of light as pixies fly back and forth off of their way. Very beautiful. Um, by the time you reach back to the to the the building, Pete, uh, a uh, a weaver pulls up in front of the of the building, and a human reaches out and goes, "Oh, excuse me, excuse me." Yes. Uh, I... Is this your building, sir? My building? No, uh, this is the company's building. I, I was told to, to pick up some people, taking the train station. Ah, uh, yes. Well, gentlemen, ladies, I do believe our car is calm for us. And with that, Ken stands up, uh, picks up the last of the papers, makes a final notation, puts it, puts it down, picks up his stuff, and heads on out. I follow him. I follow him. Yep, Ravani goes Nell. with. Nell will also follow. And as you all head out, you take the next couple of minutes packing your things into this, this wheeler taxi truck. Um, uh, you are picking up your instruments as well. Um, you have a contingent of, of like instruments and things like that that were being kept here at the building, so you guys take all that stuff out as well. So you have your instruments, you have all of the important things that you're going to need. Um, you've been assured that there's a piano, Emily. So. Yeah, there'll be a piano there. And I'm, I'm used to like expecting that one will be there, because Holland, Holland tends to take care of that. He yeah. makes sure. 
And all of you get inside the wheeler and close the door and it... We'll call it the end of that first End of episode. The Ballad of the Open Pages was recorded at Gen Con 2018 and features Alexis Cohen-Penna as Emily Smith, J.R. Rubin as Petrofeard Wood, Frank Gasparro as Meliodius Lamar, Ali Grauer as Ravani, and Drew Merzieski as Kem Briskel and Narrator. The theme for Warder was written by Arnie Parrott. He can be found at atptunes.com. Additional music was written by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Sounds were provided by freesound.org. Warda is a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. If you're looking for something new to listen to, try All My Fantasy Children. Each week, Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take listener submitted prompts and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they share laughs, stories, verbal hugs, and populate a shared universe, one story at a time. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Welcome to Warda and support what we do at patreon.com slash whimsyartifice. Without you, none of this world would be possible. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>